Everybody, this is Joshua Hatton with One Nation Under Whiskey, and I currently feel like a bit of a broken man this morning. Not to jump in ahead of my introduction, but you sound like you're speaking the morning after a whiskey jubilee. <laughs> you know, the difference is my voice doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound as if I have a handful of pebbles in the back of my throat. And yet it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, well, you know what, let me introduce you first. and then You I'll should introduce you. yourself. So you're Joshua Hatton. I'm Jason Johnson Yellen. This is One Nation Under Whiskey. What were you about okay. to say? Boom, perfect. Thank you. I've now learned from the master. <laughs> Bader. <laughs> it's a different podcast that I listen to. They're really good. <laughs> so I am in New York currently. And I'm with the good James Wills of Kilhoman Distillery who we, I think we interviewed for our first season of the podcast. I mean, I know we, obviously, we have an episode with him, but I think that was first season, wasn't it? I have no recollection at this point. Anyway, I was out with James Wills last night, and we had an event with the Drammers Club, which I don't know if, are you you familiar with them? I think you're familiar with them. Yeah, passingly. Yep, they have a, a New York chapter, an L.A. chapter, a London chapter, and a chapter in Warsaw, Poland. I've been to three of those four. (laughs) (laughs) Poland, still on the to-visit list. Still on the to-visit list. (laughs) So he and I had our event with them last night, and then we were pulled into uh, a comedy club with the hopes, the hopes, Jason, that we may see someone famous at this comedy club last night because... The previous weeks, guess who showed up to this comedy club as a surprise? Is it somebody who came back ahead of time and maybe wasn't welcome back in the scene, was still getting over his hashtag Me Too moment? He may have still been masturbating while doing this. Yes, the good Louis C.K. Yep. Apparently members of the audience weren't too happy that he showed up unannounced since they would not have bought tickets to see him if they'd known otherwise. So that is the word on the street. However... The word from a person in the room was that Louis gets up on stage and people are visibly upset and he starts off his set saying something like, yeah, I've had a bit of a rough year, you know, some weird things have been going on in my life, you know, just not trying to make light of it, just trying to acknowledge it. As rough a year as the women whose careers he shut down and... Denied the rumors about? I, I'm not a man to say. As rough as their year? That. <laughs> but apparently by the end of the show, men and women were were just in stitches and, and loving the act. So well, good for him. Yeah, I'm not defending the man, Jason. I'm just letting you know that the week previous, that's who showed up to this comedy club. A week or two before that, Ray Romano. A little bit before that, Jerry Seinfeld. And apparently, when Chappelle was doing some of his recordings, he, he did a couple shows at this place. So we went there 
with the show starting at 11.30 with the hopes that, oh, you know, someone may show up. What if it's, Jason, what if it's Bill Cosby? I, you sound like you'd actually be happy about that. <laughs> oh, well, if he had pudding pops. I'd, I'd enjoy pudding pop. <laughs> anyway, so we were, we were dragged in to see this, and we were quite happy. It was, a, it was a great show, but we didn't get back to our hotel rooms until around 2.30 a.m. So, so I am. I'm a, I'm a broken man, Jason. That's terrible. A 55-year-old man out until half past two <laughs> on a Monday night. <laughs> oh, one of those numbers is not correct. One of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see your face, though. All I know is you're my big brother. That's all I know. Oh, that's right. Big boned. A big one, brother. <laughs> triple B. He's a triple B threat. <laughs> um, so did you mention Chappelle there to tie in with uh, one part of today's interview? I actually did not. But I really appreciate that, that you made that connection. That's what That's happens really when Jason listens to raw footage. He learns things. Wow. You should listen to raw footage more often. I tell you what, if we if I continue listening to this raw footage from your malt stock interviews, I might never be sober again. <laughs> I, Did you get drunk just holy listening to moly? That? <laughs> I know it's not a contact high since I was listening to it, but whatever touched my eardrums got me drunk. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm looking forward, since the, you do all of our editing, and, and I thank you for that, every opportunity I have. Yeah, thank, um, you. thank you for thanking me. You're very welcome. I'm curious how you're going to incorporate the rising and falling music that was such a vital component of the raw footage for this week's episode. I think what I might do is I might incorporate it. But will you incorporate it well, or will you just incorporate it? I think the good people listening know that my my editing skills, I've got the best editing skill. Everybody tells me. <laughs> a lot I've of people are saying it. <laughs> a lot of people are saying it. And it, we'll see. This is the first time that I've had to deal with inserting music in such a way. We'll, we'll see. You know what? I, I used it for our one of our Oaxaca, no, our only Oaxaca episode. Where I recorded some some people in the um, the mescaleria, and so you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be a treat for the listeners' ears, Jason. Just as you mentioned, Oaxaca, it's uh, a couple of bottlings there that we keep getting asked: "Is it in yet? Is it in yet? Is it in yet?" And this isn't the news segment, but if people's ears pricked up when they heard Oaxaca, still waiting on it being labeled. So it's not in the U.S. yet. You haven't missed anything. No, that's that's good. However, you presented the cloud, and I will present the silver lining. <laughs> <laughs> While it's not been labeled yet, the labels are at the bottling hall. The bottling hall is currently looking uh, to get us into their schedule, so we'll have a date shortly, and... Signs are not pointing to this being here in 2018. I think it'd be a bit of a miracle. But you know what? Christmas miracles have happened before, Jason. <laughs> There's a little bit of me. This feels a little bit like our Amrut bottling, where we were very patient based on estimates from professionals. Mm -hmm. We 
announced some things. We did. And then spent a lot of time just regretting that announcement. Like, <laughs> just like, yeah. wow, yeah. this is taking a really long time. And at the end of the day, when our Amrut came in and the labels were the wrong texture and the font wasn't exactly a match with our usual font and it had a gold foil top instead oh, of a black yes. foil top... At least it was in America. <laughs> that was the takeaway. At least yeah. it's in America. And and then what's the what's the absolute number one takeaway? The juice was phenomenal. It was. It was absolutely phenomenal. delicious. Yeah. But it took a long time and it didn't really fit within our usual parameters. But hey, everybody loved the juice who got a bottle. So you know, this is this is the the territory we walk when we aim to be that that company that's always transparent yeah, always yeah. trying to keep people yeah. updated and <laughs> and so i think we've found ourselves as time has gone on and, and the amrut one was was really our first lesson because it, like you had said this is the first time we're dealing with with someone new right in, yep. in the overall makeup of things yep so we find ourselves as we as we go on with each new project, whether it's Glenn Farkless or, or the you know this this mescal or other things, is we will be transparent. And here are caveats A through Z. Yep, yep. <laughs> Glenn Farkless five years in at this point and just had a three week delay on a delivery. So, <sighs> you know, what? if people could wait five years, I, that's it. Hopefully, hopefully they'll they'll wait. The, the three week but in those five years they hadn't spent a penny now they've spent money <laughs> now it becomes a little bit more pressing That's a point. <laughs> <laughs> but we continue to do our best and uh we'll mm -hmm. get where we're going and our members will get where they're going and at some point somebody will get to enjoy glenn farkless people enjoyed the amrut people will get to enjoy this mezcal we just have to be patient there I was was told you were told that, that patience is, is a uh, virtue. Is a sin. <laughs> it's, it's a sin. <laughs> based on some of the sin. emails we sometimes receive. Uh, <laughs> um, I know I'm, I'm going to make a football reference for you. This is of the U.S. football variety. Last year, Joshua, there was a quarterback. That's the man at the back of the line who throws the ball up the field. He, and he had a quarter. I'm going like to ignore every word you say to me during this little segment. And okay, threw a ball. his team was off to a poor start on the season and he went on the radio and he said R-E-L A-X Rel Rel Relax 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 And so we're we're inspired by Toon Van Wiel we're inspired by Maltstock we're inspired by Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers It wasn't Freddy? Freddie didn't say relax. Mm -hmm. I thought that Freddie says relax. You you always take it to a musical reference. Even even from a sports ball reference, we go right back to Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> you you've you've got sports ball. I've got music. I've got music and movies. That's 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 all I have. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, so bringing it back to malt stock, you'll see what I've all done right. there. Oh yeah. Oh, look at that. You did it because that is their uh that's their their tagline. 
just relax. It's a re- it's the relaxed event. And you had the distinct pleasure of interviewing Sam Simmons, aka Doctor Whiskey. Yes. At this year's Maltstock. Yes. Just like you yeah, interviewed I'm- Charlie McLean and Alex Bruce mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Billy Abbott. And we've mm-hmm. got another, at least one interview up our sleeves for a future episode from we the Maltstocks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I don't know if that will be the next episode or maybe a little later, but it's Yumi from Chichibu. That's going to be great. Looking forward to that. Uh, you have not sent me the raw footage yet, so I have not heard any part of that. I, ha- I haven't processed it yet. Okay. it was There was a lot so, to cover. You're still processing. You know, it's that time of year, Jason, where I'm busy AF as a Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, that, that does not check out. <laughs> Those people are relaxed. <laughs> Those <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you will get the raw I wonder footage. if we've got any kind of following in France. Say that again? I wonder if One Nation Under Whiskey has any kind of following in France. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah? We do, yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've get, we, we get, get some downloads. downloads and some streams from yeah. the AFers. Yes. That's awesome. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Jason. Je m'appelle <laughs> gun circles again. Yeah, we're right to okay. Hey, before 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 we get into this Back episode, you know, you know what I just realized that this episode is going to drop um, October twenty second, which is two days after a when. Why is it dropping the, on a Monday? It says dropping October twenty fourth. <laughs> did I say October twenty second? Yes, you did, sir. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, dear listeners, this episode's actually dropping, um, you're listening to it on October 24th, but the reason I said October 22nd is the 24th is two days after <laughs> the 22nd, and that is a very special day for us, but also for me. Wedding anniversary. And, yeah, my wedding anniversary on the 22nd, but that's not why I brought this up. This is the episode... Before Halloween, Jason. This is our Halloween episode. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. the, our introduction has certainly been scary. <laughs> I I think I sound scary with my broken man voice. My broken not-so-man voice. <laughs> you had one job. We've had this on the calendar for over a week. Record the episode on October 17th. So Joshua, mm-hmm. on the night of October 16th, goes out till 2.30 in the morning for an 8 a.m. recording. You're welcome. Professional. <laughs> you can have all the equipment in the world if you don't get to bed on time you're not professional so sam simmons mm-hmm. samuel sammy simmons in my mind one of the original three whiskey bloggers so you had sammy you've mm-hmm. had serge mm-hmm. and is it kevin mm-hmm. kevin erskine exactly yeah those are my original three wow. uh, serge of course goes great guns to this day hasn't turned it into any gig with any brand, still has his day job, still is world-renowned as, I think, the go-to whiskey reviewer. He was just inducted as a Keeper of the Quake. Oh, terrific. I'm surprised he wasn't one already. I'm yeah, surprised by that too. Terrific. Yeah. Oh, that's terrific news. Congratulations to Serge. Yeah, congrats. It's he, And he is, in my opinion, the go-to has remained the go-to for years and years and years. And like you had said, he's it's, he's an independent reviewer. He's just doing it out of pure passion. And while Sam Simmons, who people will hear from in a little bit, uh, did the same, 
he started his blog and it was it was a passion thing that kind of helped him get through college, which you'll hear him talk about or university. University is with Colin Scotland, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get um, PhDs from college. <laughs> Pahoods. You get a pahood. You know, people talk about defending a PhD. You do and get I just hooded. Picture you you with, like shields and swords. <laughs> Metaphorically, it feels like that, Joshua. Like this is my PhD, and I'm going to defend the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, unlike unlike Serge, who who did not turn his blogging into a career, uh, Sam Simmons did, and he, in my opinion is probably the in the group of, I shouldn't say the most, but in the group of, say, the, the Simon Brookings of the world and, and, and a few others, he's, he's one of the most recognizable faces when it comes to a brand ambassador. Agreed wholeheartedly, world. yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was the face of Balvini for a lot of people and, you know, went, Globally. went, went from being U.S. or North American ambassador of Balvini to global brand ambassador for Balvini. And then earlier this year, and, and he can say more about this in the interview, but earlier this year, parlayed that into a position as head of whiskey with Atom Brands. And I'll allow Sam the room to, to discuss yeah. Atom Brands and where they fit in the in the industry as well. But I think you, you and I have, have had a personal connection with Sam for mm-hmm. almost a decade now. Yeah. Yep. And a, a tremendous advocate for whiskey, but at the same time, funny, uh, self-deprecating. Yes. And uh, a very easy guy to hang out with. And I've always enjoyed when our paths have crossed. And sadly, since he moved to London as a global brand ambassador for Balvini, our paths have not crossed. So I'm yeah. incredibly envious of all the great, wonderful people you got to hang out with Moldstock. <laughs> you got to spend time with Sam and got to sit down with Sam. Did you get to play music with Sam? I did. So Jason, if you listened to the last 10 minutes or so of the Alex Bruce and Charlie McLean episode, mm. you Loved will it. have Loved heard. It. Oh. <laughs> Some of my favorite 10 like- minutes of, of anything ever recorded. Across any podcast. (laughs) So listeners will hear throughout the conversation with Sammy, as as Jason mentioned before, there is music in this episode. And after we were done recording this episode, we recorded the sing-along session that I inserted into the Alex Bruce and Charlie McLean episode. Uh, So if you want to hear us playing music and singing uh, Journey songs and Bruce Springsteen songs and Lady Gaga and Madonna, then please do listen in. I, I stand by my comment, best time. best 10 minutes across any podcast I've listened to. <laughs> Ever. Serial has got nothing on it. Nothing at all, no. That's, <laughs> that 10 minutes alone has got over 5 million listeners. It is remarkable how it has hit. It has really resonated with people, Joshua. Is it? Do you think that's going to be our getting nuts? Uh, we could talk about getting nuts for a while so are we are we sending this over to to you and sam simmons are we going to do one of these little conversational bits and see if you can 
get the music to work along with the interview? Well, here, here's what I want to do first. To, to fit in, I think, with the previous two episodes where I asked the question of what was the spark? What, what, what got you excited about whiskey? I asked that question of, of Sam. And I think that it may be a bit of a good in- introduction for those that, and I would be surprised to hear this, but for those that are not familiar with Sam, you get an idea of, of, of where he started, how, how he got his start, and then how he transitioned into what he transitioned into. So I think I, I want to go over to that first, and then I'll insert the rest of the conversation. So, yeah, do you want, do you want me to put all that together? If you wouldn't mind. Okay, Jason, give, give me a little time. I'll break out my computer, I'll get all the editing done, and, and just wrap it up in, the, in a nice little bow. Nice little bow. Enjoy, listeners. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface the first question with, with my own whiskey journey. And, and I, I've told you this before. My own whiskey journey starts off with me reading your blog, right? Of reading Dr. Whiskey. Every time there was a new blog, I get excited. I break out the Vaseline. I boom, No, I'm totally... DrWhiskey.ca, I still pay for that for some reason. <laughs> DrWhiskey.sex. Um, but, but I started asking this question. I asked it to Charlie McLean. I asked it to, fuck if I remember, but people. But I'm curious, because I don't know if I know this story, what was the spark for you? What got you excited? What got you to, to sit in a, in a bathtub and drench yourself in whiskey. I've never seen so much of your body since that picture 12 years ago. Yes. Um, first of all, thanks. That's nice. I think Dr. Whiskey was just uh, in the heat of the moment, just thing. So it was I, fucking, I moved, I moved it was to, inspirational. I'm, I'm being very serious here. It was inspirational. For me too, to be honest. So I did it to inspire me to get, continue. So basically, yeah. I lived in Edinburgh for years. I moved to London. And the whiskey community I left in Edinburgh made me homesick. Yeah, yeah. And I missed sort of tasting with people. So one way I could do that, and the other purpose was to get me to my desk every morning to finish my thesis. <laughs> um, I'd get to the desk at 8.30. Yeah. I'd nose and taste. Yeah. Write some notes, write some blog posts, and okay. at 9 o'clock I'd, be, I'd start working. Yeah. And so it was, it was a way to get me to the desk, really, but a way to reach out to those people that I hadn't seen in so long. My whiskey club, the Edinburgh University Water Life Society, we met every fortnightly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was my scene, you know, yeah. so, and I missed yeah. that. So that, yeah. was, that was the real thing, to try to be a part of something, I guess, really. So, because I have a bit of loneliness. And so I started writing, <laughs> letters, but always, always was keen to just make sure we're talking about, always assuming that someone who's coming to this blog has never experienced anything about whiskey before. Yes, yeah. So I wanted to make it welcoming mm-hmm. and unpresumptuous, mm-hmm. uh, unpretentious, no barriers to getting it's, into it. And, and I always use blends. Yeah. Every Monday I did a blend yeah. because I was really passionate about making sure that William Lawson is spoken about and all yeah. these great houses, the Buchanans, are all told, those stories are told exactly. online Very important. before, before yeah. things get lost. Yeah. In the internet age, which is happening with music, incidentally, which is why I wanted uh, Cloudy to come sing in the background while oh, we're I love it. This. I love it. Sam, what's your middle name? Schmoll. James Elijah. James Elijah? James and Elijah. Wait, I've are you called a... James for years. So my parents called me Jamie or Sam J- Jam. Sam Jam? Yeah, yeah. Jamie, I was Jamie for three years. Can I? Can my, I my mom changed her mind. Can I? He's not a Jamie. Sam. And so you went by Sam. Yeah, Never Samuel. Oh my! It's already called. I was like three years old. Walk around. I put my suit on in the morning. I go by. You gotta Sam. start calling me Mister Simmons around here. <laughs> no, no, no. But you know. Yeah. So the, I think the more important question is, what's your Hebrew name? 
Uh, I think Shimshon, you may be the first Jew that I've interviewed. Shimshon Ben Svi. Wow, look at you. And I ju- incidentally, I just booked my daughter's uh, baby naming November 17th, today with the rabbi. Or yesterday with the rabbi, sorry, not today, obviously. Wait, how old is she? She's a newborn, so we'll have a newborn in the you end of October. You have three kids now? On the way, yes, the end of October. Mazel. Tuck. Three girls. Yeah. Yes, wow, I like this. So... Somewhere between the sacred silence, sacred silence and sleep. Somewhere between the sacred silence and sleep. Disorder, disorder, disorder. Wow. How are your girls? My girls are good. They're uh, 10 and 12. I know, I stalked them on Facebook. All right, all right. This became a different conversation, right? Let me oh, let me contact the local constable. <laughs> so your life changed somewhat recently. You're not talking about the kids then. So okay, professionally. I'm talking professionally. Yes. Yep. Because you were, you were the. You mentioned Balvenie, and some people, of course, would obviously think of David Stewart, but then there are others who would think of Samuel Simmons. But so, so tell me about this. So you, how long were you with the Balvenie? So I was with the Balvenie for nine years and nine months, just short of 10 years, which incidentally wow, was like a, 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 a benchmark I set myself when I wow. started. My parents asked me when I started doing this kind of work, yeah. uh, how long can you be a brand ambassador? In my mind, I answered it as 10 years. So it was always plaguing on me, but it was really coming home from a trip um, after I told my kids I was going to be home Ooh. on Sunday night and was late. Uh, already feeling shitty, came home, yeah. looked on the table, and there was a painting Nora had made of her, her mother, and her sister. I know mm. it's a cliche and sounds a bit pathetic, no, but that, but I, I that get was like it. a knife. It was like a spear, a, a scabby wooden, yeah, charred piece of wood. Yes. So, 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 that, so that, was, that was partly what motivated it. The other thing is, um, I, it's been awesome working so close with David Stewart, especially in the last three years on new whiskeys and all that. Um, that I was also thinking that if I stop now before he retires, he gives someone else a chance to say they work with David Stewart in the last That's a good, years yeah, of his career. And yeah. I've, I've had that. You know, I'm and now very Gemma's lucky. there, right? Yeah, and she's, she deserves she's it. fantastic. There, there were yeah. too many people that deserved it. There were so yeah. many that, yeah. and they do work with him, but it's, yeah, there was a, it was an honor to pass that honor on. If yeah. You know I mean. Because David, yeah. David's just bestowed, um, bestowed honor on, on us, the whole yeah. experience. It's been brilliant. It was brilliant. So, so now with your move to Adam Brands, which it, with a focus on that boutique whiskey company, am I correct there? Or are you doing more than that? So Adam Adam Brands is like the, the spirits arm of the company that most people would know globally as Master of Malls, online yeah, retailer. Of course, yeah. But Adam Brands is like the yeah, the, the liquid arm and so I'm the head of whiskey, but basically brown spirits. So deciding what we acquire, working with Toby, working with Ben, uh, Ben who I've known for years and Toby who's after hedonism has been a legend and doing this job for so long. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, just buying cool casts. There's a lot of what we were talking about Tanir, at Moldstock the last couple of days, what the cl- real climate of all this production in Scotch whiskey is, is that there's a yeah. lot of great casts out there. There's a lot yeah. of great whiskey out there. It's like what you guys do. Yeah. And th- it's for sharing it. And Scotch has always been built on the shoulder-to-shoulder factor that we all rise uh, together. It's a rising point. tide yeah. industry. That's why there's still 130 yeah. distilleries operating. It's, it yeah. may not happen in craft in America. It might not happen in Tasmania. Oof. It might not happen. It's certainly not going to happen in Japan because they're fighting so much. They don't work together. Oh, it's just yeah. a different thing. So anyway, I'm on a rant, but... Um, that's been a really exciting thing is moving to Adam to see the state of the mm. industry to source cask and see that side of it rather than just David Stewart and Balvenie yeah. and William Grant. 
what what part if you don't mind me asking what part are you playing in the in the sourcing of casks the the selecting of casks for for boutique yeah i'm a head of whiskey so all of it all of it yeah everything all of it yeah so You're wearing a few hats yes one tonight one yesterday <laughs> but yeah i think that, to, your, to the point, I think, who do you want to be in the industry is a very relevant question. Because you think about Scotch whiskey in the 1880s, when suddenly there was all this grain whiskey and there were these malt distillers that had a reputation of being a bit shit mm. and inconsistent. People started blending them. Clever Scott started, tea, yeah. tea blenders started taking it to blend. I think that's why so many distillers have survived. I think it's really important now that America start to look at this and not be competitors and start working together yeah. to create the Cardus and the client leashes and the, uh, the Lagoons yeah. of the future yeah. to sp- pick this up. So I'd like to be a part of that as well. And I, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people in the States all the time and visiting distilleries and buying and trying to try different spirits to see what constituent parts are out there okay. to blend into a West Coast malt or a West Coast blended malt or to a global malt and, and look, yeah. look at the possibilities of, look at this awesome whiskey we're all making. If we don't all work yes. together, yeah. unfortunately some are gonna get lost. Yeah. So we need to think yeah. of it that way. You can't be out there like certain distillers, especially in the West Coast in Seattle, there's one in particular, he's very vocal, criticizing Scotch where he learned it rather than honoring it. That oh. The most important lesson from Scotch whiskey isn't how to make the whiskey or, or about single malt, but it's it's the ethos of working together to ri- be a rising tide. Good point, yeah. And to not to miss that lesson the way Japan did would be a shame in America. Mm. Do you see that changing in Japan at all? I'm not that close to it, but friends of mine who do work more closely with that, I ask about it because I'm really curious uh, into how that's going to develop because they really need, as much as we complain about things like the SWA, we really do need some sort of um, Japanese authority uh, yeah. that watch guards each other self a self-governing agency the same with sauce itself you know the swa is perno it is diageo it is william grant it is adelphi who was here tonight exactly um and i think uh we need something like that uh, in japan and for it's it's in everyone's best interest before it gets bastardized to shit especially with the stuff that's being sold in the states all these brands 20 that i saw in a google search i was doing last week um that are using rice spirit it's actually yeah. not even whiskey. It's just Japanese. It's, it's rice. Spirit. I import two of them. I import Oishi and Fukano. And smart, very up. Opt- I mean, it's great for you. That's a great idea. Yeah, but it's. But I understand it. it's 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 completely outside of the box. It doesn't make sense. However, it tastes damn good. So that's important. You're right. So that is absolutely important. But to, to, that a consumer thinks the extra twenty pounds or twenty dollars that they're spending on a bottle because of the Japanese credibility and co- yeah. the comparative pricing with Hibikis yeah. and Yamazakis of the world, they're paying that premium for something that's mostly Canadian. Not nothing against Canadian, but right, you yeah. see what I'm saying. No, I know. Um, I, I see exactly what you're saying. So once the confidence goes, as we've seen in Scotch over yeah. and over again, once the confidence goes, I think we're really in trouble. Uh, yeah. uh, potentially yeah. dangerous. What's exciting you right now? About Jolene, the Jolene, I mean, Jolene, 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 in yeah, distilled spirits generally, but specifically whiskey that I'm into, global whiskey, all yeah. over the world. Every country that enjoys Scotch whiskey is now making it. Yeah, at, uh, at levels never before. Yeah, uh, it's an awesome time. Yeah, and you for boutique, you're bottling Scotch whiskey. You've got someone told me there's whispering, and I'm happy to cut this uh, that there's a bit of Karazawa coming in your future. 
we do have Karazawa. Yeah, Marchand's a good friend of, yeah. of mine, but really of Ben's as well. And so wanted to make some decisions against what to do with some of these special, the last, basically the last casks. Um, I know more details on that, but that's probably all I'll say. <laughs> okay. I asked what excites you. What makes you nervous? Is there something that makes you nervous? Yeah, my, my job, actually. Because, you know, I've been... Whiskey things take a long time. I've been with the job now for five months. And after the first month, things... So the, once, you know, I was trying to get my head around the role to begin with. And this was before for different the Budweiser. So that's what I'm saying. Exactly yeah. right. So the, it starts with, let's say, a thousand pound budget. Go get some cast and try to put them in bottle and sell them. Yeah. To a hundred thousand. Yeah. Overnight, really. Yeah. So nothing else has really changed other than the size of our wallet. But as you know, yeah. um, just because you put more boats in the sea doesn't mean you're going to get more tuna on that particular day. So yeah. we have we have more cash to do it. The expectation yeah. is to go get some yeah. casks. Um, and it's tough because, yeah. to be totally honest, there's a lot of shit and undesirable stuff out there. There is. And yeah. also, what do people yeah. want to drink? There's Connoisseurs want... That boutique is an independent bottle. The boutique yeah. whiskey company is an independent bottler, essentially. What sort of brands in Scotch are being successful right now? There aren't many. No. So Big Pete's a great example of an independent brand that's, that's taken yeah. off because people know what it means, what it says in the label. It's, it's done great, but there aren't, there aren't tons that aren't directly associated with distilleries, which we don't have. Right. So that's yeah. my fear is how do I kind of do something that's credible and cool, but also has a mass appeal? And yes. I think there's lots of room. I just think, you know, we really need to think about it um, carefully and look all the time at what the changing map is of what's available out there yeah. in the world of, of yeah. secondary market of bulk whiskey. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, we find ourselves wading through a lot of refill bourbon whiskey that is undiscernible from, from one distillery to the next. It's all around the same age, and it's not typically not great. There's a lot of not well, see, great casks. That, that I would disagree with there. Sorry about all that. Right. I, th I think all the makes are different. That's what's that's why you can use them. I think if you're saying that there's less interesting stuff to bottle as a single, I would agree with that's that. That's what I'm that's what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that, what so I mean. then we need to think quite innovatively and think, okay, do we re-rack? Can we put them into first fill bourbons? Can we put them into octave sherries? Can we put them into full size butts? Can we marry a bit of Ben Rennes or really sexy worm tub distilleries yeah, together yeah, and make something yeah, needy? Yeah, yeah. Um, out of these hoggies because they're available. Yeah. People tonight were joking about Telebarden. I remember when I started working with Sukinder, there was a joke around the office that there's, there's no good distillery that starts the letter T except for Talisker. <laughs> Which obviously is untrue. Untrue, Please right? come on. But it's part of that. Tamdu, Tormor. Continue. Two very good. Continue. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. The, the important thing is that big, the big companies have all protected integrity. So house style above everything else is what's built these distilleries. And so you can yeah. get all these cool whiskeys I said yeah. Ben Rennes Craig Allocky yeah. Linkwood yeah. Um, out there one of the challenges with that too is that a lot of distillers are protecting their names now so you can't get a Lafroy, which is fine you can get it for blending so we need to think more creatively yeah. is I guess my point and as that people become more protective of their marks yeah. then we need to think and that there's all, yeah. all these old hoggies out there we need to think how can we make that drinkable because they're still good they're, they're still just, good. They're just not super interesting of what we expect of a single cask right. so let's make it into something more than some of their parts no, which that, is easy that's which good is, yeah, yes. it's easy yeah. So, oh my gosh. A lot of times when I think of independent bottlers, 
when I think about them, I think those that are selecting the casks for bottling, and I, know, I understand that there's a panel going on, but each company is trying to put out their best, put their best foot forward. When when Boutique is selecting casks for bottling, what's what's the point there? Obviously, you want to you want to release good whiskey, but you have to have an identity beyond your cute bottles with the great labels, right? What What is it about the liquid that you're trying to push forward? That's a really awesome question, Josh. Um, so one thing that I've always, and as really speaking as an outsider, not as someone who works the company, because I'm yeah. still new. One of the coolest things I think about Boutique is that label immediately, for me anyway, gets me asking more. I yeah. want to know. I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that reference? What's What's the story? Of this is what's it have to do with the distillery? You know that kind of shit. Yeah, and the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the the liquid is, if I could say objectively, uh, now having been involved for five months, we're trying to make things that are demand that you inquire more. So if you try okay. funky Abelauer from us, yeah, so that you want to go back to Abelauer and be like, oh yeah, Abelauer. Oh, I love awesome. that. I love that. That it's not just about you. No, no, it's, it's about, about the brands that oh, you're bottling. Yeah. That's why we, we, to be fair, we don't do a lot of single cast for that very reason because single cast can sometimes be unrepresentative, which is Good cool. Point. And yeah, people yeah. do that. Yeah. I think we've had do small vattings, three cast, four cast to try and get a rounded character yeah. of what the distillery can be like. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, that's the big difference. Yeah. And I hope that creates your curiosity, just like the, yeah. the, um, the labels do, those beautiful illustrations by Emily Chappelle. Yeah. It's just the one person. Who was it? Em. M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong? <laughs> is that a big surprise at the end? Huh. Dave Chappelle? Is that what you said it was? Oh, I love Chappelle. I, would, I want to do a, ta- a tasting <laughs> with Dave Chappelle and Sam Simmons, actually. Oh, my gosh. The comedian Sam Simmons, oh. he, where he goes and does the tasting, and I do the, the stand-up. Oh, I like that. So, right. Sam, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> While we thank Sam now for the conversation. Thanks, Sam, for the conversation. <laughs> I want to let people know, and Sam know, in case he's listening to this episode, though he may be, like many people, not liking the sound of his voice. I know a lot of people are like that. Uh, But just in case you're listening, Sam, and to you listeners, Sam will be back a bit later with his misconception, which he actually had a couple of them. You know, listening back to this audio, before we move on, I just kind of want to bring this up. One of the things that I found curious about our conversation was his own preconceptions or misconceptions of some Japanese rice whiskey, right? I wondered if you were going to bring that up. Yeah, because, you know, he he talked about the popularity of Japanese whiskey and there's now brands that are bottling a rice spirit and calling it whiskey. And he said, that's not even whiskey and, and so on. And I think in certain countries, these rice-based Japanese whiskeys cannot be called whiskey. We can, you know, especially in in UK, in the UK, we can thank Margaret Thatcher for that, because back in the late '80s, uh, during a trade deficit, Japan wanted to export some of what at that time was called shochu, and she said, "No, that drink looks too much, smells too much, and tastes too much." like our national drink, Scotch whiskey. So during this trade deficit, during these various agreements, Japan actually changed their guidelines to what shochu could be. And now it has to be colorless. 
Now it has to be somewhere around the 20% alcohol range. Mm. And, and these distilleries kept a lot of their stocks that they didn't want to turn into what the new description uh, or the guidelines of what shochu would be. And so they sat on this. Oishi, for instance, they're sitting on stuff that's a bit over 30 years old in cask. And as far as whiskey goes in the U.S., it's a spirit from a grain distillate over 40% alcohol matured in a cask. And this meets all of those parameters. So it is, in fact, as far as America is concerned, a whiskey. Mm -hmm. uh, but different countries have different regulations. And you know, I just wanted to clarify that because if you smell it and you taste it, it, it it's a whiskey. And it tastes darn good. A very delicate, yeah, subtle whiskey at that. Right, and but doesn't that speak to what Japan does? It's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. You know that that's a fight. That's a battle that I am a soldier in, day in day out. But I only hear complaints about it from those outside of the U.S. and and I think in the end it's just a bit of education. Oh, it's showing the boxes that it checks, isn't it? It is. It's, yeah. it's exactly as you just said. It's grain distillate. It's a certain alcohol strength. It's a certain type of maturation. It checks boxes. Um, and, I, and I definitely think, obviously, given that we are in the United States, whiskey is a broad category. Now, if you're in Scotland, whiskey is either single malt mm -hmm. or grain. There's, there's nothing else going on there, right? But for me, even some of the bigger grain distilleries have had some rice component uh, in their mixed mash bills as an adjunct. And so yeah. I, I don't think we're strangers to rice. We just don't talk about it. No, that that's a good point. And, you know, even here in the U.S., Buffalo Trace has used rice, uh, some of their experimental series. And I think it gets back to, to, to what is, what are the rules, what are the regulations? And if you look at what Westland and Balcones and a few others are doing for American single malt with this American single malt um, consortium, I think it's called, where they're mm -hmm. trying to have a clearer definition of what single malt is in the U.S. I think there is room for a conversation outside of the U.S. of can this be included in the regulations of what is whiskey? If you look at what the Scotch Whiskey Association is doing right now, with them saying, nope, you can't use X tequila casks. Well, why? It's oak that held yep. a spirit. And yep. part of the regulation is you have to mature this whiskey in oak. However, they're saying no because it's not traditional. <laughs> well, sometimes it's okay to get a little outside of tradition and open people up to new and, and different flavors. And I don't think we should, I, I think, I don't think we should be scared of it. At the same time, I don't think we want to jump into anything. So I can appreciate a bit of hesitance on the behalf of certain countries and certain outfits that regulate what is and what is not whiskey uh, because you do want to protect that uh, designation. Uh, however, there should always be conversation. That to me is the double-edged sword of the SWA. On one hand, yeah, protecting a, a, a type of spirit and a traditional production is fantastic and wonderful and to be applauded. Side note, don't know why they allow caramel colouring, but 
I'll leave that side note for another day. <laughs> On the flip side, that type of protection and that celebration of tradition yeah. really doesn't help innovation. And so when we come over to the US, and Westland is, of course, a good example, and others are doing it as well, a mixed malt mash bill, right? Yeah. Barley isn't just about the sugars that it yields, it's about the flavors and why are we not exploring those flavors? Well, in the United States, producers are. Mm -hmm. In Scotland, producers aren't. It's for the most part. For the most part, yeah. This is always the point at which somebody brings up Signet, and rightly so. Um, (laughs) Popped into my mind. Right, but for the most part, it's barley, it's yield, it's a commodity. And in the United States, for some producers, it's still a flavor component. It's thought of very much like beer producers. Mm -hmm. You know, it brings flavor to your final product. And so, yep, great to protect the tradition, but when it starts to stand in the way of innovation, then we might have a larger problem on our hands. And um, and I'm, I'm happy to see both groups doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And in the conversation that we had in an earlier episode with Chris Reisbeck about that malt you know, yeah, consortium yeah, yeah. and trying to say, how do we designate this without handcuffing it? And I, I think that's a very uh, legitimate question to be asking mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I wish them the best with that. And, you know, we continue to country hop and pick the best of the best. So we're quite fortunate in that regard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Speaking of picking the best of the best, Joshua, do we have some news? So we do have a bit of news. And, Jason, I've been waking up the paper boy. But I think think it's your turn to wake him up. He's kind of tired of me waking up. He likes his little nappies. But if you wake him up, maybe he'll be okay. He's been cranky with me. As of late. Oi. Oi. Hey, yay. Yay. You. Yes. Yes. It's the news segment. Get on up. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Me and that Playboy Get on up. Get on up. Get on up. Get on up. Get up. I think the, the biggest bit of news in my mind, Jason... Gosh. And this is something that we have not talked about up until now, is that we've got five whiskeys coming in to the U.S., three of which are for retail and two of which will be hitting our... No, I take that back. (laughs) You had one job. (laughs) One job. We have four whiskeys coming in. That's better said, yes. Thank you. See, that's me... (laughs) trying to use all five digits on my hands. And I only needed the four, Jason. I only needed the four. So three of them are uh, slated to be part of our retail release, and we'll talk about what they are at another date. Uh, But then we have a very exciting online release as well, something that we've never done before. You're correct, sir. And today is not the day to discuss it. I would like to give that more of its own segment since it's the the first time we're doing it. But that'll be once it's on a boat and once we know a landing time. Yeah, but this is is us just saying, hey, labels are hitting the bottling hall, I think, next week. They will be labeled. They'll be put on a boat to come over. It will be for a 2019 release. And there'll be some other whiskeys coming right on the heels of that. So while it's a smaller retail release, we've got other stuff lined up just behind it that I'm really excited about. But 
Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. I kind of feel like we just sort of vague booked there. Like we gave news, but we didn't flesh it out at all. We didn't, but it's also to say we continue to work on things behind the scenes. Obviously, Oaxaca has been a major focus in 2018. Hopefully that becomes a 2019 release. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Glenn Farkless is something we've worked diligently on for a number of years. That becomes a, a 2018 shipment, but then we've got the rest of that coming in 2019 as well, early 2019. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're really, here we are in October, we really have our eyes laser beam focused on early 2019 yeah. to, to drop a lot of stock. Yeah, yep. And then get out into markets and support that stock. Good. Uh, th- there's, there's two other things that, well, possibly a third that I want to bring up, but I'm, I'm going to make it quick. As people are aware... Whiskey Jubilee Chicago, our last Whiskey Jubilee of the year, is November 8. And we have got a couple Whiskey Jubilee Week events, which I think we may have talked about in the previous episode. I can't yeah. quite remember. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. Um, and just so just as a reminder, on the Tuesday of that week, which is November 6, we'll have an event at Fountainhead with uh, Ali Chilton of Port Askeg and Scott Harris of Catoctin Creek. Awesome. Uh, so come out to that. There are still a few tickets left. I think mm-hmm. there was a total of 50 people maximum on the rooftop, though we've exceeded that before. And we've got a handful of tickets left there. So if you're interested, you could just email us, info at whiskeyjubilee.com. And uh, if you, so long as you're a Whiskey Jubilee ticket holder, that, that event is free to you. And then the next day on the Wednesday at Warehouse Liquors, on Wabash in downtown Chicago. We will be doing a live podcast with Mickey Heads Vardbeg. So we did mention that last episode. Just want to remind people again. Yep. When I say a ha- there's a handful of tickets left, they may be gone by the time this goes live. I, I, I don't quite know, but it's always good to check in if you're a Whiskey Jubilee ticket holder and you are interested in checking out our live podcast and, and checking out Mickey Heads. That? Yeah, live podcasts are a lot of fun. It's always funny. I think we mentioned this back in uh, in Westland, but it's funny when people show up. So there'll be people here who show up to see and hear Mickey Heads, yeah. and they get exposed to you and me for the first time. And it is funny to have people in the room who are kind of like, was that a dick joke? Was, was that a reference to a penis over there? Like, I, Isn't this a whiskey conversation? And so... And then, and so I love, love, love it when regular listeners of the podcast are also in attendance yes. at, at those recordings because then it shows it's okay to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Laughing yeah, yeah, here yeah. is please, good. please join me. Join me, one and all. <laughs> laugh. As you, as you and I laugh sadly into our microphones. <laughs> laugh with tears behind the, the chuckles. <laughs> Speaking of live shows, I saw uh, our friend and devoted listener Neil Firetog. Oh yes, good and lads. and he wanted me. <laughs> he wanted me to let you know. Oh, that he doesn't giggle or chuckle; he chortles. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in, in attendance at our live uh, Great Isla Swim episode, mm-hmm. which was just after Whiskey Jubilee 
New York this this year, so sometime in June or July that episode hit, and I, I can't remember if you mentioned it then or in a different episode. But yeah, he just wanted to be very clear that he chortles. <laughs> okay, I will, I'm taking a note. Here. I'm writing it down. Yeah, yeah. Chortles. Okay, Neil, uh, got it. So, 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 so. I'm going to go one step further than you. Oh. October 22nd is a big date for you personally with the, the wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah. It's two days before this episode drops. Uh-huh. It's also the date that our Whiskey Jubilee Chicago Festival bottling is scheduled to be bottled. <sighs> our Holy 1993 God. Josephie Seagram American Light Whiskey will be bottled. Can I, can I pick a bone with you? I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, gosh. Okay, t- close your ears, listeners. You get ugly. <laughs> Whenever you talk about bourbons, light whiskeys, mm-hmm. rye, mm-hmm. you always say American bourbon, American light whiskey, American rye. And the thing is, it's kind of like going to a restaurant in China and say, I'm going out for Chinese food. No, you're just going out for food when you're in China. So my point is you don't need to insert America into light whiskey because it's only America that makes something called light whiskey. So, so here's, here's where I disagree with you. If we can have scotch whiskey and we can have scotch grain whiskey and when we're in Scotland, I still refer to that as scotch grain whiskey. I'm, I'm, really? I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm what we call um, transcontinental, Joshua. And so I like to make it clear exactly what it is I'm speaking about. Unlike you, I'm all about clarity rather than quantity of words. So I like to include American grain whiskey. American bur- Like, be proud. Be proud, man. But this you've... is why we need to make America great again. <laughs> Americans have forgotten to be proud. America. Oh, God. I knew I could get you on that one. <laughs> I knew I could get you. I knew I could get you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We, we, you know what? Happy to move along? Happy to move along. So, yeah, so but before we move along, but we do have to move along. Um, <laughs> geez, I'm so tired. Uh, uh, yeah, so that, that, that 25-year-old light whiskey is being bottled. October twenty second. American light whiskey. Something 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 motherfucker. Um Isn't there also Canadian light whiskey? No. They've got rye whiskey, they've got blended whiskey, they've got single malt, they've got corn whiskey. Uh, they're not making Canadians never had any light whiskey? I think people know Canadian whiskey is typically being lighter in flavor, but I don't think they've got a a category called light. And if anybody wants to to tell us otherwise, Sam, you're you're Canuck, you're Canuckistani. You can you can let us know if there are any other Canadians out there. Shane Holden, I think, is one. I think he's uh, 
he's Canadian, uh, feel free to chime in. Let us know if there's a Canadian light whiskey. And if there is, Jason, then I will, I will let what I said go. And I will come out here on tape to let people know I was wrong and that it's okay for Jason to use the word American in front of light whiskey, but I'll be damned if you say American bourbon again. And I agree with that because bourbon is just bourbon. Bourbon. I don't even remember saying American bourbon. Listeners do. Kentucky bourbon? Yeah, you could do that. Kentucky bourbon. (laughs) Oh, thank you for your permission. Indiana bourbon. (laughs) Much appreciated. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Tennessee bourbon. Oh. (laughs) Needle scratch on the record. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. We are getting incredibly tangential. Really? (laughs) Just feels like a regular podcast episode. (laughs) I want to hand the microphone over to Sam Mm -hmm. for his, he's got two misconceptions. In fact, one of them, he, he talks about Canadian whiskey in his misconception, which I, which I quite liked because we've, we've never really had a conversation about Canadian whiskey before. So this will be the first time where it's, it's being discussed in any manner. So without further ado, let's pass it on to, uh, Mr. Sammy Simmons. The one that comes to mind immediately, um, would be the perception, especially in the West, where's all the scotch going? The price of scotch is going up. The Japanese yeah. are drinking it all, or, or oh, right. the Asians are drinking. Yeah, it. and I'm unfortunately that's a myth. Yes, and it's not really my place to chastise anyone for having misinformation or correct them for pronouncing Lafroy or Bonhaven wrong. That's not the kind of re-education. Yeah. But when it's in the be- when it's in the wrong interest of the growth of the health of this whiskey industry, mm. I love mm-hmm. so much. That's when I would get involved. So something like that upsets me because that's shit. That's not true at all. Yeah. Um, it's a whiskey's a global phenomenon. It is, um, yep. And every country is is drinking it um, in increased numbers and are happy because because of that, and the supply dwindling because of that, um, mm. the increase on demand, prices go up. It's not because of some foreign power yeah. or no. some you know. So that sort of shit. You don't need to get racist over this. That's what I've heard. Basically, that's what I'm saying, Josh. Yeah. That's, honest, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how to say that, but um, you you meet a lot of entitled wealthy, middle-class, white men in this job. Yes. And um, there are women in whiskey, of course, too, but, you know, it, it is dominated by middle-class white men. It's an expensive. I think school. you mean white men. White, sorry. White, yeah, it's white. Vano white. <laughs> Give me a vowel. <laughs> I'll buy an E, please. Um, yeah. No, I, th- I think that that's a very interesting point because... There are increasingly more and more white people who are buying older stuff, but not just that. Everybody's buying whiskey. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, exactly. Asian American, yeah. I'm sorry, Canadian. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's everywhere. It is. A, it's a global phenomenon. To which, and, and Charlie was talking about a bit before, to which the Scotch whiskey industry has responded in kind by increasing production by 60-ish percent. But, oh yes, right, so, so this leads me to a different question, and this gets me actually back to, I think I had asked what worries you. Do you see a potential of a whiskey lock unless more markets are able to purchase? Do you see the potential of new distilleries starting to put copper on the market because they're not able to sell their uh, their their stocks? They're not able to meet 
the demand they thought would be there? To answer that question, one element in which there's a, one, one fa facet of the whole thing in which there's a some risk yeah. is, and although it's well-intentioned and I'm a big supporter right. of the SWA, is all the regulation around how it gets around, how whiskey's oh, okay. moved, how single mold is bottled, what it's allowed yeah. to do, all those strictures. That in at one point, if there is a bit of a decline, mm. we'll have to change those laws, and that's slow. That is slow. So that puts and understandably things, so because you need I have a huge bottle protection, like the, to, right? Of course, it's it's, yeah. it's all well yeah. intentioned, but the more we legislate it, the harder it is to get out of it when we need it when there's too much scotch in the yeah. in the law. Yeah. So because you, you can rebottle. It's barley spirit is fucking beautiful. Yes. You can bottle it as a million different things. In yes. Scotland, they tend to do single yeah. malt scotch, but you can bottle it as Geneva, as Geneva. Uh, you know, we're in the Netherlands now. You yeah. can bottle that spirit as a as a gin, and it's it's gorgeous. Yes. Um, but you can't. It's got so the more we so that spirit can has the potential to find many sources, um, or uh, final destinations, I suppose. Mm. Um, so that's my only that's a fear in that area. I guess is that you okay. yeah, the, you, you you legal legalize yourself into a corner. Yeah. No, can I can I can I do another one for the oh, Japan thing? Yeah, please do. Yeah, yeah, so yeah things go that ahead. are I like you, this. your misinformation. Oh no, this this is good. Yeah, please go ahead. I'm putting this because you mentioned it, Canadian. Yeah, so that's another one I get all the time. Is that Canadian whiskey shit? And yeah. or people say Japanese whiskey is awesome. Japanese yeah. whiskey is the best. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. Single malt's the best. Single yeah. malt's the best. Got you know. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Canadian whiskey is shit. Well, it's possible that the Canadian whiskey that's been sold globally in high volume lacks the character that some sipping spirits drinkers and connoisseurs and aficionados expect yeah. from their sipping drink. That's right. that, that could be very true. Yeah. It was not made for that. It was made for highball mixing, uh, it, ginger exactly. ale, yeah. uh, Canada Dry, etc. But to say the general statement that that's not true, there's some of the best whiskeys I've ever tasted yeah. coming out of Canada. And high volume stuff. Um, so things that we are supposed to think are evil and mm. you know, death starry. Um, but the corn whiskey being made in, the, in Canada, the wheat whiskey, uh, the double distilled corn, uh, the rye that Whistlepig is using, holy crap, right? Well, I mean, just Alberta source, rye, yeah, many yeah. source, yeah, exactly. Many source Canadian it's, whiskey now, yeah. Um, but Canada's been slow to speak to that mm. part of the market. In Canada, it's booming right now. The past five years, ten years, Hiram Walker and others have done some amazing stuff in launching yeah. a whole category yeah, view yeah. of similar to Scotch style of raising, raising the tide. By, by bringing up categories in Scotland yeah. and helping everyone to make cooler, more flavorsome, more interesting sipping whiskeys that are earning credibility. So that's one of the things that pissed me off as mm. well. I just asked your question earlier, um, getting that question, that blanket yeah, statement. Yeah, so a Canadian misconception shit. or a misconception. That, that Canadian whiskey is, is shit. Yeah, so hopefully in the next 10 years, 20 years, the world will have more exposure yeah. to that. I know, Jason, that there are people dying. <laughs> in the world? Dying to know how to get in touch with us because they'll have questions for us, right? We, we've actually asked questions of our listeners just before the misconception. So, so just to be clear, you think me saying American bourbon is an overstatement and American light whiskey is an overstatement, yeah. but people are dying to reach out to us is not, to your mind, an overstatement? Is accurate? <laughs> Well, clearly, we see accuracy in different places. <laughs> anyway, how do these people who are dying to get in contact with us get in contact with us before they die? Oh, man, I, I, I just see the flood coming in. So here it is. You can email us questions at One Nation Under Whiskey. You could uh, reach out to us on Facebook. Go to our Facebook group, 
So Facebook.com, go to the little search bar, or you could do it on your on your app if you've got the app on your phone, uh, or iPad, or, or Kindle, or Fire, or I don't know what other devices Tangential, there are. Tangential, tangential, <laughs> right, all right, tangential. Right, right. Go to the search bar and look for One Nation Under Whiskey, and you'll find our group page. And some people started posting questions there, which is which is always nice. People can tweet at us at One Nation Whiskey, send us a direct message, or just tweet at us. We look at that. I don't know every now and again, whenever we're bored. And then you can you can also send us an Instagram message, and our Instagram handle is at One Nation Under Whiskey and Whiskey. Jason, as always, as you know, and I think as our listeners know, spelled without the E. So don't use the E and you will get in touch with us. Can you say American bourbon whiskey or that's that's competing clauses? So I, I can see the value in saying bourbon whiskey only because there are people that have heard of bourbon. And there is, the things that they don't know about bourbon is, is bourbon whiskey? And can it be made outside of Kentucky? Those seem to be the two most confusing points about bourbon. For those that are not drinkers, for those that that just know about it by extension of seeing it on TV or having uh, you know a friend, an aunt, an uncle, or whatever that that's into it, and they want to know a little more. And so, so we can say, yeah, bourbon whiskey, and they say, oh, okay, now that makes sense. But um, putting American in front of bourbon, Jason, you're just teeing me up. You're getting me, you're getting me all wrinkled. This is awesome. I didn't know this was an issue, and now I'm going to use it nonstop. <laughs> I'm going to be very <laughs> consciously using American bourbon whiskey. This is fantastic. American bourbon whiskey. <laughs> Fuck, that just doesn't make sense. Oh. <laughs> I'm happy. Anyway, yeah. anyway, it's been a pleasure, Joshua. It has been. We've covered everything that we came here to cover. We did. You and I shall return <laughs> with another episode after this one. Yeah, and that episode. I hope yeah. our listeners on. have a good Halloween. Yeah, so the next episode after that will be November 7th. So it'd actually be during Whiskey Jubilee, Whiskey Jubilee Week. And then after that, it may be our. Whiskey Jubilee sort of post-mortem recording, which which I always look forward to. And I think I'm going to be looking forward to this one more than any other Whiskey Jubilee Week post-mortem episode. I think it's going to be a okay. good one. Yeah. And then that will drop November 21. Uh, yeah, because look at you. I can add 14 to 7. And you delayed and pause <laughs> and I saw you take off your socks to carry the two <laughs> <laughs> I didn't drop my pants though so. <laughs> wouldn't help me anyway always the dropping the two with you <laughs> okay Joshy until the next time thank until you for time. all of your editing of this episode of and uh, be safe out there during OND I will do I will do be safe out there in Bridgewater Virginia Thank you. The lines are at the door. Chin chin. Cheerios. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I don't have anything to click. Um, click. Clank. Did that 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 sounded real, right?
Getting beat up, broken bones, nice. getting had, getting cooked. Ah, I tell you, baby, it's harder than it looks. It's a long way to the top oh, if you're on a rock and roll. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Sing it like you fucking mean it, people. Do that again. Long way to the top if you like rock and roll. <laughs> oh, you've got to know Back in Black. Yeah, yeah, but I, better, I better sing along as actually the, um, the other one. <laughs> Thunderstruck? No, no, no. Yes! We need someone else to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else to go. Ready? Here it comes. Thunder. Yes. I can't see. This is, this is not a campfire song, people. Who the fuck convinced me to do that? I was She was a fast machine, she kept the motors clean She was the best damn woman that I ever seen She had those side to side, telling me no lies And knocking me out with those American thighs Mama's chair had me fighting for air She told me to come, but I said, where? Cause the wall was shaking, the earth was shaking My was shaking, and you are taking it with you Shook me all night long. Yeah, you shook me all night long. Hey, so double time on this and on her phone. And I'm on my mind. It's all so, 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 but ooh, I hate a around. Now I'm fucking around. And a wall was shaking. The earth was quaking. My mind was aching. And we were making it with you. Check me all night long. Yeah, you. Hey, check me all night long. Yeah, you shook me all night. Long! <laughs> <laughs>